0: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. (laughs) Be blessed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, yeah. Praise the King, praise the King, praise the King. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Welcome, welcome. Welcome all of you to the Living Savior Ministries, the Living Savior Church. We're so grateful for what the Lord that we serve is doing. We had a great healing school yesterday. We had a full house. We had people from all over. Some of them are here again today. Uh, You know, we praise the Lord for those of you that come so far to hear God's Word and to receive your healing and we're grateful to the King of the universe that He meets our needs and heals His people. And that we get to see Him do so many wonderful things. You know, we all, uh, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll all come under attack from the enemy from time to time. But you have to learn how to stand on God's mighty Word. Now then, uh, after I've welcomed you, the first thing I want to do, I want to tell y'all that I am, you all know, that I have traded in my bride for a new one. last week i had a real long haired girl you know uh you know she had long hair and it was a little gray and brunette and all this stuff and i forget thursday i think she said she said uh, i'm going to go to the beauty shop what can i do i said whatever you want to do i need (laughs) wow (laughs) she walked in the house I traded her in. She's got a, cropped her hair off and, and dyed it red. I, I'm, I'm now married to a redhead. i got a new one, praise the Lord. <laughs> she sure does resemble the old one a whole lot. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Oh, is life fun? Life is so much fun, praise the Lord. But anyway, uh, I've got a redhead this week now, or for a few weeks, I guess, or who knows. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, alive. So anyway, I thought I'd just say, well, I traded in my old bride, got me a new one. Praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, my bride. <laughs> she didn't like that. Traded in my bride, got me a new young one. I should have said that. Uh, oh, goodness gracious alive! Praise the Lord. But you guys, some of you know, you got girls, you know, that go out and you never know what they're going to look like when they come home, you know. <laughs> oh, me, different girl, different girl. But anyway, praise the Lord. We had a great day at the healing school yesterday. We had, like I said, we had people from all over the place. <clears throat> I mean, many states. And it just never ceases to amaze me that the people that come from all over to come here. And of course, last night, as I went home and uh, I sat there in my office and I prayed and prayed and talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, you're bringing more and more Sicker and sicker people to our meetings. People that have a greater and greater need. I said, Lord, you told me in your word, you know, that if I'd walk with you and love you, and of course we're going to talk about those things today, that you would produce great fruit through our life, through our ministry. I said, Lord, I want to get to the place where that when a handicapped or a mentally retarded or an autistic child or a cerebral palsy child comes in or a man that's blind or can't hear, I want to get to the point when I touch them in Your name that You'll completely right there heal them right there. Or they can jump up and scream and run and praise Your holy name. And then, Lord, people will have to know, even the deadest at heart will have to know how real You are. You know, I realize, and I've learned a long time ago, that seeing miracles does not build people's faith. I mean, it didn't in the Old Testament, it doesn't today. I mean, I have seen people, just like the other day, I was over at a man's house. <clears throat> I was talking to him. He was a church of Christ, but he loves the Lord, he says, with all his heart. I've known the man 25 years. I walked into his house, and I was going to talk to him. And he was watching Benny Hinn. And I said, well, praise the Lord. I said, you're watching Christian television. And he said, yeah, it's kind of fun. He said, I wonder how much money they pay them people in wheelchairs to get up and walk out. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, you know, God don't do miracles like that no more. I said, yes, he does. He said, no, Thurman, you know, he said, God, don't do that. They are paid those people. That's just something else. I said, no. I said, I've seen miracles like that. He looked at me and said, no way. I said, yes, I have. I said, now, how long have you known me? Oh, he said, 25 years. I said, you ever known me to lie to you ever? He said, well, of course not. He said, you're probably one of the men of the greatest integrity I've ever had the privilege of meet in my whole life. I said, I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I said, I've seen broken backs healed when I prayed for people. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen almost everything healed. Some of them instantly, but many of them over a period of a few days or a few weeks or a few months after I prayed for people. He said, I don't believe that. I said, see, that's what's wrong with you. Here I am, a man you know of great integrity. A man you know that loves God with all his heart. And I walk in and tell you I've seen Jesus do these things, and you are so much as calling me a liar. I said, that's a shame. I said, that just goes to show how the enemy has blinded your mind to the truth of what's in this book. I said, you don't believe what's written in this book. I said, you need to get in the Word of God and start believing the Lord. But my prayer to the Lord is, Lord... If you're going to continue to use me like you have in the past, Lord, I don't want to stay here. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to go to a point with you so that when an autistic child is brought here from who knows where, I want to be able to touch them in your name. And I want you to manifest right there and completely heal that child right in everybody's presence. I want to see those kind of miracles. Or I want to be able to walk in complete divine health so that I can bring glory and honor to your name. And when people say, How do you do this? I say, It's because I serve the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that I serve. That's my prayer. As I saw all the needs yesterday and and prayed for all the people, you know, we we were here till about eight thirty, eight forty five, I guess, last night and then we left of course we've been here lots of times much later than that but uh you know when you come to church in the afternoon and you don't leave till one o'clock in the morning which we have done a few times you know that's uh that's not a normal church service nowhere but we love being about the lord's work because we love seeing him do the things he does he is a mighty king the lord of lords and god of gods and We want to worship Him and praise Him. And we want to give Him all the glory and praise. And, you know, I'm just a man like everybody else. I don't have nothing special except God anointed me with His Word. And He called me to do what I'm doing. But I'm still not anything special. I'm just a man, you know. I'm just a man. I'm trying to do what God called me to do. And I want to walk in the God kind of love. And I realize I'm not doing that 100%, but I'm working on getting there. And I do want to walk there, because I know what we're going to teach on today from God's Word, the message I have today that God's given me, I know this is the only thing that separates you or me from His divine power. There's only one thing, and it's His commandments. And we're going to talk about those today. But before we get into that, uh, I'd like to give a few minutes for testimonies. Does anybody have a testimony you want to tell us about? If you've got a testimony, we'd love to hear it. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a the mic over there. I'm sorry, I didn't see that. I didn't know it was laying over there. <clears throat> all right. Dewitt has got some. He wants to tell us what God has done for him. Okay. Praise the Lord. That's on.
1: Look out! He's got a list. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I'll try to make it short. Uh, the Lord has done so many things for me. It's just, He's just blowing me away. I mean, to, to show me how much He loves me. Uh he's healed me of fifty two allergies. He's healed me of bone spurs, herniated disc, herniated stomach, athlete's feet foot, this is one foot, do <laughs> on a depression. My memory is getting better, praise God. <laughs> An abscessed tooth. Skin cancer. I'll get back to that in a minute. Uh the Lord has also sent Claudette and myself, a marriage counselor, a Catholic monk. We're not even Catholic. I never would have dreamed this would happen. He spends six hours a time with us. Sometimes he's even spent 12 hours. He doesn't even charge a penny. I mean, you talk about somebody sent from God. It's just wonderful. He's really helped our marriage. Let's see. Oh, and uh, about two months ago, I was... uh, at a restaurant with my daughter, I started having all the symptoms of a heart attack. And the devil told me, he said, you're fixing to die. He didn't say, I'm killing you. He just said, you're fixing to die. He said, your arteries are clogged up. You're having a heart attack. And I was having all the symptoms that I've heard of that you have. Of course, I really began to pray. And the Lord helped me make it to the restroom. In a few hours, I started getting better. And the next morning, I, I had a relapse of it. And I decided, well, I guess I better go to the doctor to make sure. Well, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, I don't find a thing wrong with you. They even said, and then a little later they did a complete physical, and they said, even your cholesterol is in good, real good shape. Hey, man, I, never, the yeah, Lord. I never had any more symptoms of, of anything being wrong. Now, back to the skin cancer. Hey. I was telling Thurman about this earlier. I wish I'd have had faith the first time, but I didn't. I had a, a skin cancer on this temple. I had it burnt off or froze off, whatever you call that. It came back. Had it done the second time. Went in the third time. They said, we're going to have to cut it out. So they cut it out. I thought, you know, one or two stitches. They took 22 stitches. Well, the Lord healed it. You can barely see a scar or anything. But a few months later, another one just like it came up on the opposite temple. This time I said, Lord, I don't know why I didn't have faith the first time, but I'm believing you to heal that. In two days, it totally disappeared. <laughs> right. He's good? Thank you. Praise you.
0: God. Glory to God. Whenever, whenever DeWitt told me, he said, he was telling me, he said, I'll just say I had skin cancer and it was healed, but I'm going to tell you more in detail. And he told me the whole story, and I said, good grief, you've got to tell that to the church. I said, they've got to know that the first time you didn't have the faith, you went to the doctor and they took 22 stitches in it, and he stood on it by faith, and even then, the Lord was gracious enough to heal it with virtually without a scar. You can't hardly tell it. But he said, whenever I decided, when He came up a few months later on the other side, I just said to the Lord, Lord, that's it. I'm not even going to think about going to a doctor. I'm just going to trust you. You promised to heal it. So, Lord, it's done in Jesus' name. And in a couple of days, it's gone. Isn't that awesome? God is awesome. Uh, you got one? Come on up here. Praise the Lord.
2: <clears throat> you know, it's it's not only that great big things that God
0: does. With, oh, um... yeah. Hey, the big ones and the little ones, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, and this is a little one I prayed. Um, my daughter was playing, and she had a tooth that was just hanging on by a thread, and she was playing, and it came out while she was playing. And it came out on a driveway that has these little bitty rocks. It's one of those, you know, they wash it, and, and they're all about the same color as that tooth. <laughs> And uh, we went out there, and she was just like, we got to find my tooth. And I prayed. I said, all right, Lord, you know, show me where this tooth is, and I'll give you the glory. And, you know, I'll pray, Lord, thank you that it's done. Amen. And we looked around that day, and we couldn't find it. Next morning, we walked outside, and, uh, and I had kind of forgotten about it. My father said, oh, I wonder where that tooth is. And he said, well, you know, we're never going to find that thing. I said, oh, no. <laughs> I reached down and picked it up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> here it is right here. <laughs> amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. She, the little things count, too, with God. Absolutely. They? Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Anybody else? Okay, come on up here, young lady. you got to give your testimony. This little gal's always got a testimony. See what God's done for her.
4: Well, I went to rescue, like, six abandoned puppies. And they're all at my house. And the vet's like, oh, they won't make it past the first day. I'm thinking... No way. I'm thinking these puppies are going to make it if I'm up every hour. I was up every 30 minutes feeding. And I slept that week about four hours. (laughs) But they all made it and I'm keeping two of them.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She's greatly involved with the little animals. God loves the little animals too. Ever praise the Lord.
5: Well, yesterday at the healing school, Thurman was up here teaching, and I was running around the whole place because I had gotten up to go to the ladies' room, and there was a gentleman out in the hallway with some keys for a lady who was in here. He was detailing her car. So I said, well, go ahead and give me the keys, and I'll walk out with you, and you can show me which one because we couldn't – I didn't know who it was, and he couldn't, couldn't see her. So we went out to the car, and he found a picture of her because he had detailed detail, and he knew there was a picture. So while we're coming back – We start talking, and we start talking about the Word. And he starts Scripture, and I finish his Scripture. And he starts Scripture, and I finish his Scripture. So we had this thing going on. And it was really interesting because he was talking about, well, what do you all do down there and everything else? And so I ended up coming back and getting all the tapes and running back and forth. I was going, oh, everyone's going to kill me over this. Oh, but no, 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 I figured, no, no, figured right, I'd explain really? while I was up and around. But um, I took the tape back for, I pulled the one out for um, Caitlin too, and I went down. And then his partner was there, too. So these two men and I were in the garage two doors down talking about God and the awesome miracles he'd done and how he had healed Caitlin. And when I was leaving, the guy who originally came in, his name is Sylvester, he had tears in his eyes. And I mean, you know, he was telling me how God had, you know, worked in his life and everything else. And it was really great But you know, you never know what's going to happen when you go to the bathroom.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Be ready to serve Jesus 24-7. You know, you never know what he's going to do. Praise the king. Amen.
6: Well, I have two testimonies. One, the Lord healed my body. Uh, about last week, I was oh, I was caught off guard. And I went to the Holy Spirit to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor because I was feeling a week, and my vision was leaving me. And I was like, I don't know what is with me. So when I got to the doctor, she took my blood work and she was like, "Oh my goodness, I'm glad you're here." She said, "Um, your blood count is a at eight, and it's supposed to be 32." And I was like, "Really?" Because I was like really losing a lot of blood, and I all I had was called um, Thurman's Ministry, and I lost it. I mean, I was boo-hooing, I was crying, and um, the young lady. Um, I just thank Kathy, I just thank God for her. Sometimes we think we need Pastor Diamond, but his staff is
3: equipped. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And, and
6: she just, it's like someone was like, okay, can get a grip. And she just started, you know, she just started speaking God's word. And I was like, yes, yes. And she was like, no, you know the Lord's a healer. Yes. Next thing I knew, I just snapped out of it. And I was like, amen, amen. And I just started getting stressed back. So I just want to give God the praise and glory, you know, because um, I didn't know what was wrong with me, and he just ordered my footsteps. So now I'm healed in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. um, (laughs) uh, And
6: then the other testimony was, because German always talks about sharing the love of Jesus to people. And, we, you know, that's that's the higher calling. We have to tell people about Jesus.
3: Amen.
6: So I was doing a friend of mine laundry, and um, I was like, okay, Lord. Here I go, you know, so you're looking to see who to witness to. So I, you know, of course give them CDs. So there was this one guy. I didn't know it was a guy or a girl.
3: But (laughs) I didn't want
6: to embarrass him. So I didn't know. So I didn't want to embarrass them. So I just started talking. I was like, hi, how are you? And I was like, I just want to bless you with these CDs. And they was like, what is this? So I just started sharing, well, this is my pastor, and he's our Bible studies. And then I was like, he was like, really? And then he's like, well, I don't want it. So I was like, why? He was like, because I'm a witch. I was like, oh.
3: <laughs>
6: and I was not prepared for this, Pastor Dermot.
3: <laughs>
6: so he was, I was like, okay. So then um, I said, well, do you know if you die, you'll go to hell? So he was like, you know, tell me about their religion. He's in Wicca, and he was telling me about how they just, um, how they don't believe in evil. So I was like, you don't, how you don't believe in evil? I said, and then the Holy Spirit just started telling me things to tell him. So, um, to make a long story short, he did not take my CD. Uh, so I was like, fine, you know. So then, on my way to the car. On the way to the car the Holy Spirit, told me to go to the car. So he said to me, he was going to go and leave it, and he said to me, well, if you go to Google.com, just put put the word Wicca in, and, you know, all the information will come up. So I said, i tell you what, if you take my CDs, so he took them, but I didn't finish the statement because I wasn't going to know Google.
3: <laughs>
6: so I just said, if you take my CDs, so he took them. Was like and i was like well just take my CDs." so he took the cd and then i went home and i interceded and i prayed and i just pray that the holy spirit will amen. do what he does best and save him for the kingdom
0: amen praise the lord glory to god thank you jesus Woo. great testimonies today great testimonies praise the king Come up here, step up here where they can see you in that beautiful dress you're wearing. Young lady, praise the Lord.
7: Oh, praise God. God is awesome. And indeed, I'm learning so much that the scales are falling from off my eyes. And um, I'm beginning to use the Word. And um, I have been proclaiming the Word over our finances. And I'm walking into the house and I say, God, I thank you. We're sending finances from expected and unexpected sources. And the first check we got, well, it wasn't a check, but we're a mortgage company, and told my husband, he called one and said, We have $900 here in the book for you. We have no idea where it comes from.
3: No idea. Amen.
7: And then uh, last week, I um, walked in the house again. I said, Lord, I thank you for sending you know the same prayer and um, i think there was a call on the answering machine and it was our income tax the tax office because they had already filed the taxes here so getting nothing back because of whatever we owed previously but they called and said there is something here for you three hundred and something dollars unexpected
3: amen First, Praise um, Lord. but
7: um I have been battling with seizures for over 40 something years, grandma and partials, every day of my life. And uh, since I started getting into the Word and I realized that the devil has been lying to me all this while, I said, I've had enough. I've had enough. So I have not taken any medication since Friday. And I said, God, I'm going to stand on your word. And, um, you probably don't know anything about seizures, but there is a great fear that comes with seizure against the demons that are attached with their spirit of fear. So every time I would think of stuff taking the medicine or having a seizure, there is this terrible fear that grips me and uh, since Friday, they are about absolutely no fear
0: Amen. Madison,
7: praise Jesus Amen.
0: thank you Jesus
7: then. One night, probably it was about Friday night, in my dream after, because I have a quiet time around 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, it's a couple hours so, after I got back to bed, I had a dream. And in the dream, somebody called me on the phone, and it was a, a woman voice I didn't know. But in the dream, she's saying, um, I got a message from God for you. And I said, okay, in the dream, you know, this is taking place in the dream. She started uh, speaking in tongues, but it did not. My spirit just did not receive it. And then after a few seconds speaking in tongues, she started to speak in English in a muffled voice. But the one word that I heard was death. Death. And immediately I bind you, say, you wicked spirit, I bind you. In the name of Jesus. And I cancel whatever you pronounce upon my life. In the name of Jesus. And I hang up the phone.
0: Amen. Amen. Say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God, you, Jesus. I
7: praise God because when I woke up, I realized what just happened. And all I do is just pray and and say, Satan, whatever you have planned for my life is canceled. Amen. In the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Praise the And Lord. one
7: last Testimony, Um, I've been giving all the tapes, you know, and I have one of my boss at work, and she'll be speaking things like um, she's about to have a heart attack because of what's happening on the job. And I said, no, don't you dare say that. The devil will accommodate you. Don't. So I gave her one of your tapes. This lady doesn't go to church, but I gave her the tape on the tongue. And she came in one morning all excited. She didn't she put her bag and She said, Ruby, I have been listening to this tape. It's awesome. And you know what? I was driving and having a headache. And I spoke to that headache. <laughs> she remembered the prayer that you prayed. And she spoke to the headache. She said, it's gone. It is so totally gone.
3: <laughs> Praise so, the Lord.
7: When she got there, she called her husband because they have a son in college and they've been very fearful for him of some decisions. He's taken. So she called her husband and said, we have been doing this thing wrong. We need to pray and ask God to to, to protect him and to conquer him. Amen. <laughs> so she, um, oh, she's sending your
3: take to her mother. The hey, okay.
0: Yeah. Hey. praise God. Amen. Praise oh the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Praise oh, the Lord. Glory. Man. Is Jesus wonderful, or is He wonderful? Yes,
4: King Jesus is wonderful. And do it, just encouraged me. The Lord's been putting on my heart, and I want to share it with the other citizens of the kingdom of the Lord here today, all the things the Lord has healed me of over the years. He's healed me of severe food allergies, of severe hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar, of a broken neck, supernaturally healed it, of of endometriosis, and and of many, like, headaches and other things whenever I ask him. Jesus is our healer. Amen. And I just want to praise Him in giving the glory and the thanks today Amen. before His other citizens of His kingdom. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord, Miss glory, praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for all these wonderful testimonies. Yes, brother, praise I, the King.
2: I'm, I'm John, and um, I'll start off with something kind of small. I, I, I'm not speeding anymore. And, uh, I mean, Hold it up close. I, I never, you know, I never thought about that. It, you know, I mean, God sets laws, and I just ignored them. I just never thought about it, you know. And uh, if you saw a green Ford pickup weaving in between you and shooting by about ninety miles an hour, that was probably me. So um, I'm real grateful that, that I could, you know, find out something that really is that important at this church. And um, um, until very recently, I couldn't. Hardly read my Bible. Uh matter of fact, just a few weeks ago, I sat there. I couldn't sleep one night, and I sat there with my Bible beside me on the couch for 12 hours. I watched those 12 hours tick off on the digital uh, clock. And now I can read my Bible any time I want to.
0: Amen. Praise, and, uh, you Praise the Lord. Praise I've had all kinds
2: of food allergies. Um, I mean, uh, I didn't work for five or six years. I've been in the mental ward six or seven times. I lost count. Um, I was falsely diagnosed with bipolar. Now I know that there's not mental illness. There's evil spirits. And I'm being freed from those lies. And they're nothing but lies from the pit of hell. And uh, I'm walking free now. And uh, I'm just so... I've gone from church to church in this city. And I just knew there wasn't... I wasn't hearing the truth. There wasn't something right there. And... uh, when I came here, I was like, this is, it. this is it. But it's not just here. I know it ain't in a lot of places, but it is here, and I'm going to keep coming back. Thank you. Amen. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. Glory <laughs> you to know God. Okay. Praise the Lord. You, oh, okay. Come on. we get you. we get you. Praise the Lord.
4: Yesterday, I got to watch a miracle out in my pasture. In January, my black mare, that's about 20 years old, choked. And Ty and Cheryl were kind enough to walk through it with me, and we didn't get a very good report, and I kept on. And she's been at this for almost four months now. And in the almost four months, we've choked three times. And yesterday, for the first time, I got to watch my mare be a horse again. She got to eat green grass. You all don't know what a major miracle that is, because at the vet clinic at OSU, they said after there's damage to the esophagus, that she'd never be able to eat again and be a horse. So I've been feeding her this special pelleted diet and just, you know, praying over her and believing God. And so yesterday she ate and she didn't choke.
0: Amen. Praise the King. Glory to God. (laughs) What we could get from the Lord if we just pray.
8: Greetings from Minnesota.
0: Amen.
8: Cold there and it's lovely here. We love it. The God is so awesome, and it's so nice to be in the midst of like-minded people Amen. who believe that there's a God that is full of great miracles. Well, yesterday God used us. We didn't know. We were just walking and enjoying and praising and talking. We went um, to a restaurant. We were. I like to explore, so I was in every restaurant along the road. You know, picking up their. <laughs> You know, I do, and my friends laugh at me. But anyway, God took us to this little deli that we couldn't really find, but eventually we went around the back and we got in. And um, we were her first customers. It was her first day. And we just said to her, we want to bless your business. And, you know, we sort of waited there. God sent a Korean man. She's Korean. God sent a Korean man. we started talking with him, found out he was born again. And that he went to a church here. And I said, well, we figured they knew each other. They did not know each other. God sent this man. He went up to order and he asked, and it was his first time because it was her first day. He asked her if she went to church. She did not. She does not. So anyway, we told her when we first came in we were going to pray for her. So I think she called her family. So her family all came, her children, because she's a divorced woman. And um, we all joined hands in this restaurant, everybody, everybody. And we prayed, and it was so beautiful. I could hear her daughter crying. I could just hear her crying. I cried. It was so blessed. Well, today we went exploring again, and we went back to the same little deli, and we said it was closed. Closed on Sunday. And I said, well, she's not a Christian, but she takes the Sabbath. Amen. And um, we sat there, and we were enjoying the birds and the trees. And she drove in. And she said to us, she said, you know what? I've been thinking about this all night long. She said, her daughter is a Christian and prays all the time. But she said, she, you know, we didn't know if she was born again, but she's been thinking about it. We do know she has a Bible. She said she did. But dave hughes witness to her and of course we're all praying you know and um that's that's it but god used us in such a mighty way and we have just we have been so blessed and i'm so blessed to be
0: amen here. praise the king glory to god amen great testimonies today okay we got another one here okay my honey bunny she's gonna my new wife
3: <laughs>
0: my new red-headed wife <laughs> okay, you <like> it, honey. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> He told me,
9: I, when I asked him, I said, you know, is it okay if I cut my hair? I said, you know, I need a change. He said, okay, yeah. He said, you can do anything you want to with your hair. I said, oh, I have freedom in sermon. <laughs> I have freedom in Christ and freedom in sermon. Praise God. He's grown a lot in almost three years. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we are going to be in Minnesota June 11th. Actually, twice. June 11th to the 15th in um, Princeton, Minnesota, and November 1st to the 3rd in Northfield, Minnesota. And they told me it was only going to be 50 to 60 then. I hope they were telling me it's a truth. She's rolling her eyes. November 1st. God will surprise me. God will surprise me. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We love the cold.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay,
9: well, I I stopped at the mailbox on the way home late last night, and I got this uh, Christ-haven messenger. So I got up during the night and decided to wash my hair and everything because, you know, I'm experimenting with it. And so I started reading this, and like the the lady on the front, she was taken. She and her six siblings were taken out of their, out of an unsafe environment when she was eight. So from eight to high school, she was at Christ Haven, and then she became teacher of the year, and now she's in Keller ISD. Which is this is a really great little story. Well, then I opened up to the middle of it, and lo and behold. There's a picture of me and Cheryl Davenport and her grandson, Kyle. And it's, and then there's two little girls that uh, have pictures of opening presents. And for you, uh, some of you that don't know, we uh, give a benefit every year at Christ Haven for Children. This was our fifth benefit. And it says, thank you, Andersons, mom, Cheryl Scribner, and daughter, Christy Madison, for the fifth annual Christmas party you threw for our children. It was truly the highlight of the year for our kids. God bless you both. And all your friends for this wonderful event. Send our thanks to Santa and his elves. Well, as you, if you can't see it, uh, Kyle's got on it. He's got on a Santa hat, and uh, Cheryl's wearing peppermint uh, candy canes on her head. <laughs> so you know we kind of get into the season. But last year we raised over sixty thousand, and I know, praise God, it was quite an, It's been every year. It's just gets. It was sixteen thousand, eighteen thousand, twenty-one thousand. Thirty four thousand women and then sixty thousand this past year. But this church, I mean look at this church. This is not a thousand, ten thousand member church, but this church gave like twenty five thousand of that sixty. So praise God. Thank all of you for everything and this thanks is to y'all and I'll leave the book up here if you want to see it.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, it's amazing what God does, but he's the king, remember the king says give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall man give into your bosom. Because with the same measure you use to give, shall it be returned unto you. I remember hearing a big ministry. I mean, I realize there are people in the world that says you're not supposed to tithe anymore. But I know one of the biggest ministries I know of today, whenever they were first getting started, I heard this minister tell me this story. You know, I heard him tell it himself. He said, we were getting started. The Lord had put us in a powerful ministry. And he said, uh, all of a sudden, we were, no money was coming in. And he said, that we couldn't pay our bills. He said, I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I was up in a hotel room somewhere. He said, that out somewhere speaking. He said, Lord, I don't understand. He said, you know, we're out doing your work. But, Lord, no money is coming in. And, Lord, we, we can't pay our bills. So, we don't understand. He said, Lord, you got to tell me what I'm doing wrong. So, he said, I walked out of my room and walked down to the elevator, and I met a guy there, and he said, Oh, aren't you so-and-so? He said, Yes, sir. He said, Oh, by the way, where do you tithe off of your ministry to? He said, I looked at him, and I thought, Well, you know, none of your business, you know, where we tithe off our ministry. And so I just got in the elevator and come down. I thought, How dare that man ask me where I tithe off of our ministry. So he said, I get down, and I walk out to the car to get in to go to preach it. He said, another man walks up to him and said, hey, aren't you so-and-so? He said, well, yes. He said, by the way, where do you tithe off of your ministry? He said, I got in the car and drove off and I thought, okay, God, I was up in that room I asked you what my problem was. And from the time I left till I got here, you've already sent two people I don't know to ask me where I'm tithing. So he said, I got to the office and I said, how much money do we have left in the bank? They said, just about a thousand dollars. He said, find a good ministry somewhere that's producing good fruit for the kingdom and send them a check for all of it. They said, what? He said, yes. We have not been tithing. So he said, what we're going to do is we're going to give it all to God. Find a ministry, but find a ministry that's producing fruit for the kingdom. And they found one. And they sent them a check for the whole thousand dollars. And that man said, from that day forth, we have never been short of money. And that ministry today has brought in millions of dollars. They go all over the world and are doing great things. But let me tell you, they tithe. They tithe. So I'm telling you, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed and you want to be blessed abundantly under the old covenant, God demanding 10%. But under the new covenant, He wants it all. He wants you. And he wants it all. So if you give to him, he will bless you abundantly. Now I know one man, and some of you know him. I know one man right here in Texas. Of course, he's now deceased and gone home to be with the Lord. But every time he'd come to the Dallas area to speak to a group of men at the seminary or wherever, he would always ask the question, Are you men tithers? And he would say, Now I'm not a tither. He said, I am giving much more than a tithe. And he said, as my business continues to increase, I'm investing my money into the kingdom, and I want to get to the point where I am giving 90, and I'm living on 10. And that man reached that point in his life. He gave God 90% of everything he made, and he kept 10%. And when he died, he was a multimillionaire. And he left a humongous college and everything, for students and left money and investments that's continuing to carry on and that school is continuing to go and it's right here in texas isn't that amazing rg letourneau is his name but see he found the principles that work and the principles are god's word now if you want to be saved god has the answer if you want to be healed god has the answer you need your needs met on a daily basis god has the answer it's all right here in this book I want you to turn with me today to the book of 1 John. We're going to start there in in the book of 1 John, and I'm going to try my best to clear up a question that many people have come against me with. Some of you, if you've been here very long, you know I'm a preacher that preaches that Christians shouldn't sin. People say that's impossible. I even had a lady that came from this church went to a huge church in this area. And when she went and told her, Pastor, that Herman says that we are not supposed to sin as Christians. He said, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, okay, I want to try my best to clear this issue up. I want to start in John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Father, thank you for this word of life. Thank you for this book. I ask you to speak out of my mouth today. I ask you to give me revelation and wisdom and knowledge and understanding that I may totally interpret or translate this book today the way you have written it. And as it falls on these people's hearts, may they receive it exactly the way it's written and may they get this answer and it be clear in their heart what we're supposed to do from this day forth in Jesus name amen thank you father for the life was manifested and we have seen it and we have and we bear witness and we show unto you the eternal life which was with the father and was manifested unto us that which we have seen and heard Declare we unto you that you also may know, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that you may, that your joy may be full. Now, these men didn't just hear about Jesus, did they? They saw Him, they ate with Him, they touched Him, they felt Him. They knew. They saw His miracles. But today, a lot of people that you will see, in fact, the majority of the world, if you ask them if Jesus is real, most of them will say, I don't know. Do you know that the percentage of people, after all these wonderful things that Jesus done, after everything that was written all these years before, that was the Word of God that was written, all the prophecies that were fulfilled and his actual coming to this earth and walking here and living here and everything all the things that he done even his death burial and resurrection which is the best recorded event in history still there is multitudes of people today that do not believe that Jesus is the Christ they don't believe he really lived or he might have been a prophet but they don't believe that he is the only way to heaven they don't believe that he's the king of kings they don't believe he's god They don't believe He does miracles. Even people that believe that He is the Savior in churches don't believe He's a healer. They believe maybe He can heal you. They don't believe that He can answer prayer. Maybe He will if it's His will. They have never learned how to touch His hand by faith. And so they never get to see the King do anything. Because He is a faith God. But it's amazing. But these things... Write we unto you that your joy may be full. We've seen him. He's been here. We know who he is. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. This is the message that they heard him preach. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in God. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not the truth. In other words, if you say you're a Christian and you're walking in the darkness, you really don't know Him very well. Well, there's multitudes of people in church today that don't know Him very well. I was one of those. I was in church for many a year and I knew almost nothing about Jesus. Although I was a Sunday school teacher, I was a deacon. I mean, I did read the Word, but I had virtually no revelation of who God really is And what He wants to do. But, I continued to read this book. I continued to study this book. Now then it says, But if we walk in the light, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His sin, cleanses us from all sin. How much sin does it cleanse you from? All. All. That's right. The blood of Jesus. If you walk in the light of God's Word... You can walk totally clean and free of sin. It will cleanse you continuously from sin. Now, if we say that we have no sin, now this is where people talk about, people say, well, you, you say you don't sin? I had uh, somebody ask me here, do you, do you believe you sin every day? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, but the Word says, if you say you have no sin, you're a I said, we need to go study that out a little bit. It's obvious you don't have the revelation of the truth. So let's look at it. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now then, if I ask you a question, have you ever sinned in your life? No, I have never sinned in my life. Now you're a liar. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, if you don't believe you're a sinner, you see some little child... That's born, and you wait till they get two years old. I'm going to tell you, they're going to put you to the test, and they're going to sin every. People say a two-year-old can't sin. Oh, yes, they can. There's a little devil in every one of them. Guarantee you, if you've raised them, you know what I mean. You know, they want their own way. And they will scream and holler and kick to get it, and they don't want to share their toys with nobody. I mean, you know, I, I know the children. You know, yours especially. You know, when you had a second one and the other one had a toy, the other one always tucked it over and shared with them so gently. No, that's not the way it was, was it? They run over and jerked it out of their hand. You know, I mean, I see my own grandbabies doing this, raised in a Christian home. They can have a knockdown drag-out right there while granddaddy's talking to them and loving them. Yours will do the same thing, won't they? Sure they will. So if we say we have no sin, we lie. We know that we all have sinned. All of us have sinned grossly. And if you didn't come to know Jesus until you were 18 or 20 or 30 years old, you lived in so many sins, you let the flesh control you, and you've done everything wrong. Everything. So, you know, guarantee. And some of you, even after you became a Christian, you still sinned because you didn't know these promises. And you sin big time over and over and over after you became a Christian. And that's not what the way it's supposed to be, as we're going to find out here. Then it says, if, in verse 9, very important verse here, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's a wonderful thing. You know, that's good. Before you get saved, you confess your sin to the Lord. You can if you want to. But a lot of people misinterpret that and say, you know, if you will come to Jesus as a lost person and confess all of your sins, he will forgive you and he will save you. Well, that is true, but that's not what's required. When you come to Jesus, let's say you were 20 years old and you'd lived a normal life. You have sinned so many times in that 20 years, you don't even know what your sins are. Nobody does. Is that right, Deborah? You don't know how many times you sinned. Jesus doesn't ask you to confess your sins, to accept Him as Lord and Savior. He just asks you to come to Him and call on His name. He just asks you to come. Lord, I realize that you sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. I'm asking Him to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. He will save you. He will forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. He knows what they are. But He'll wash them away with His blood. And you can stand in His presence as a totally clean, perfect man or woman. Now, with no sin left in your life. Now then, that's when you come to Jesus. But after you get saved, after you get saved, if you sin, which you're not supposed to as we find out here, if you do sin, you can take this verse and come to Him and confess that sin, and He is righteous and just to forgive you. Now, see, when I learned these principles, as I learned these, I wondered why that when we prayed for people that were sick and afflicted in church, most of them didn't get healed. We hardly ever saw God do anything, but we didn't pray for many people sick. We, the way we prayed for sick people, we would pray for them on Wednesday night prayer meeting. <coughs> but did we ever see God do anything? No we prayed but they stayed sick they stayed in the hospital or maybe they get out three or four or five weeks whether well, we'd think well goodness maybe the doctor healed him maybe god healed him we don't know but to do miracles or see magnificent healings, we didn't see them so we didn't understand how his principles worked so we didn't ever. we never dreamed about going down and telling the person hey if you'll repent of all your sins he'll forgive you but he says in his word you go back to the lord benefit package in psalm 103 He says, now, this is the benefit package of the Lord. I forgive all of your iniquities, and then I heal all of your diseases. So when you see the way he does this, you think, you know, maybe that's why we don't get people healed. Maybe they got sin that's unconfessed. But in 1 John 1, 9, he says, if we confess our sins... Now, see, this is where you've got to know what your sin is. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you come to Him after you become a Christian... You got to know what your sin is. He wants you to confess that sin. You know what your sin is. You know somebody said, "Well, I'll just do a blanket coverage. I don't want nobody to know what my sin is." God, please forgive me all my sins. Okay, that's okay if you don't know what they are. If you can't really can't remember, but if you'll ask the Holy Ghost, He remembers. <clears throat> and I've, since I've learned this, I can think of many a person that stood right here, and I say, "Now then." When did your sickness start? Five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago? I said, okay, what sin did you commit just before that happened? Well, I moved in with a boy when I was twenty-five, or a girl, whatever. Or I lied to somebody, or I stole something, or I cheated here. Or I... so All of a sudden, when I ask him that, the Holy Spirit will immediately convict them and they'll say, Oh my goodness, I, I know what I did. And they repent of the sin, and then I pray for them, and the King heals them. Many of them healed, have been healed standing right here when I prayed for them. Many a person has been magnificently healed. Now, the one day I saw God do something unique. Uh, it's only happened one time here at this church. It's a few years ago. That day I'm standing down here, and the Lord says, Today, I want you to call every person that has pain, and I want to heal them. You talk about a merciful, compassionate God. I thought, Lord, do you want to heal everybody? He said, yes. Make the announcement when you get up there. Everybody's got pain. I don't want them up there unless they've got a pain. If they got a pain, call them up there. Got up here and now. Well, the Lord, He's going to do something unique today. I said, if you have pain, I said, I want, And had a full house that day. I said, if you have pain, I want you to come down here. I said, if you don't have pain, don't come down here. There's some people in their bodies trying to move around saying, have I got a pain somewhere where I can go down there? But they couldn't find any. But all those that had pain, which was about 20 or 25 of them, they got up from all over the place and came over here and began to line up. I thought, Lord, I mean, what am I going to do with these people now? You said to invite them down here, but they got pain. I said, okay, Lord. So I said, well, okay. I'm just going to bring you up here one at a time, and I'm going to stand you on this platform, and I want you to begin to confess your sin, and I want you to just relax. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to just to sense yourself in the hands of Jesus. The King told me He wanted to heal all of you, so I'm just going to turn Him loose on you, and I want Him to heal you. And anywhere from one minute to five minutes, they would be healed. Their pain would go away. And I had about 20 or 25 people here. It took almost two hours for the whole thing. I had one lady come down here, first time she would ever been here in her life. When she came down... I, uh, she had all kinds of problems, and I said, "Ma'am, are, are you a Christian?" Well, I, I don't know. I said, "Well, just say in the name of Jesus." And she said, "In the name of," and she couldn't speak. I said, "Ma'am, just say in the name of Jesus." She said, "In the name of," and she couldn't speak. She said, "I don't know why I can't say that." I said, "I know what's wrong with you. You got a demon." I just I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command that demon that's holding your tongue to come out of you, woman, in Jesus' name. I said, now then, say the name of Jesus. She said, in the name of Jesus. The woman got saved and healed right here, standing right here that day. And when the two hours was over, when the two hours was over, every human being that left here had no pain in her body. And a few weeks later, I thought, you know. I said, is anybody here today that was here a few weeks ago, came up here for your pain? And about eight or ten of them were here again. And I said, how many of you still healed? Every one of them still healed. I said, are you praising the Lord? And of course, they said they were. You know, isn't it amazing that when you let God be the ruler of the church, what He'll do? You know, so you can't run the thing yourself. You know, you got to let God... You know, now, if I had a bulletin, you don't have an order of how or exactly what I am going to do today. And he spoke to me and said, I want to heal everybody. I said, Lord, that's not in the bulletin. We can't do that today, Lord. Tell me next week in advance. He said, no, that's not the way I do business. This is my church, and I do what I want to when I want to. I said, okay, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. It's, it's his church, isn't it? It's not mine. I can't do nothing. I can't heal nobody. I can't do nothing. But the king can do all kinds of things. And if you confess your sins, he is righteous and just to forgive your sins and to restore you to righteousness. So, the secret here is don't carry a sin. Don't carry a sin under no conditions. Now, it says in verse 10, this is where people get confused. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him, or yeah, not sin. We make him a liar and his word is not in us. People will say, see, right there, he said, if we say that we have not sinned, we're a liar. But now see, what he's talking about right there is before you get saved. And we know all have sinned there. Every one of you know you've missed the mark. That's just like the man said, well, I'm, there's not anything wrong with me. I'm going to heaven. You say, you know, let's take a little bit of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments says, you shall... Not steal. Okay, well, I'm, not, I'm not a thief. I said, Have You ever stole anything? You're still a pencil. You ever take a pencil home from work that didn't belong to you? Well, but it's a measly lousy pencil. Okay, so what does that make you? I, I mean, uh, they say they don't want to say that. They don't, that makes me a thief. No, no, not, Lord, That's, I'm not a thief. Yes, you're a thief. Uh, But I didn't go down and rob a bank. Well, it don't make no difference with God. You stole the pistol, so you're a thief. Okay, okay, so I'm a thief. Okay. Have you ever told a lie? It says, thou shalt not lie. Well, I'm not not in the habit of lying, but have you ever told a lie? You look at me and tell me you ain't never told a lie, I'm going to tell you that's the first one you just said right there. That's another one. Because you know you've told a lie to somebody. I don't care who you are, you've lied. You know, somewhere along the line, you may not even remember it, but I guarantee when you were little, one of your friends says something you told them a lie. Probably when you were big yesterday, you told them a lie. You know, so you, that what does that make you? A liar. Okay, then let's go to the big sins. Have you ever committed adultery? Absolutely not. No, I've never done that. I've been faithful to my wife. I've never done that in my whole life. Oh, when you were a 25-year-old man, you ever look at a woman... And think about having sex with her. If a man tells me no, I'm going to tell him he'll just become a liar. Because I've been a man and I ain't never seen a man and there ain't a man in his place if he's 25 years old and has not married, hadn't looked at a woman to thought about it. Because there's three things on a man's mind after he gets 10. I hate to say this, this is the way it is. So all of you men that have daughters need to know this when they go with boys. Three things on that boy's mind after he's ten years old. Sex, sex, and sex. You men know I'm telling you the truth, don't you? That's the way God made you. So you women, if you don't know that, you need to know that. You know, I mean, that's just the way men are made. And all of you men know I'm telling you the truth. It is a battle that every man fights all of his life. So, if you think about that, God says in His Word, if you just meditate on that, you're guilty of adultery. So, what man is there among us that's not been guilty of adultery? None of us. So, what does that make us? Lying, thieving, adulterers. And no liar, no thief, and no adulterer shall have any part in the kingdom of God. So, we need a Savior, right? Right? I think we need a Savior. So, aren't we grateful that the King will forgive us? And He'll wash away all these sins and He will clean us up and He alone can clean up those sins. Because you can't do it. If you don't come to Jesus, you cannot go to heaven. I don't care who you are. You can try to be the best man or best woman that there is. But He says, if you say that you have not sinned, we make Him a liar and this Word is not. it. so we know we've all sinned and probably many more ways than this. But... Let's look at this. Now, after we get saved, let's look at from what he says on down. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. Now, wait a minute. He just said we're sinners. Some people think we sin after we get saved. But he's writing these things to us after we become Christians so that we don't do what? He said, these things, my little children, once we become children of God... These things write out unto you that you sin not. So how much sin are you supposed to have once you become a Christian? You're not supposed to sin. Nobody is supposed to sin once you become a born again Christian. But now see, that's not what I was taught. I was taught I'm just an unworthy sinner saved by grace. Anybody ever heard that? And that you just sin all day every day. You can't go through the day without sinning. I had a young man sitting right over there where Dan's sitting right now. I had a young man sitting there at Bible study one night, and I made a statement like this. I said, you know, God demands that we don't sin. And he looked over me and said, sir, are you you telling me you can go through the day without sinning? I said, absolutely. He said, you can't do that. Nobody can. I said, you speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. I guarantee, I believe, of course, God is my ultimate judge, just like he's your ultimate judge. But I believe there have been a many a day in my life that, according to this word, the way I perceive it, I've been able to go through the entire day without one sin in my life. You know, that's my goal. Isn't that your goal, Eldon? I know that's your goal. I know you. I know that's your goal. But I know a lot of you people in here, and I know that is your goal in life, to be obedient to the word of God. But now God is our ultimate judge on this. You know, we do the best we can. Paul said the same thing, you know, that God is his judge. But he's doing the same thing. He's doing the thing he can to walk holy before God. But he says, I write these things unto you that you sin not. Now, if any man does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation or the sacrifice. For our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now see, thank goodness that we have Jesus. Without Jesus, you're in big trouble. I mean, you're in big trouble. But with Jesus, any time, and here's something, when somebody sins, you know, so somebody tells you a little lie, you know, and you don't think about that being such a bad sin. But if somebody commits adultery on you, you think that's awful, you know, and it is. But in God's sight, one is not any worse than the other. The thing about it is, we've got to realize that when you point your finger and say, you know, you're a sinner, you've got to remember there's three of them little beasts pointing back at you. So Don't point the finger at somebody else and say, you're a sinner. Because I guarantee that I can sit down with you in a few minutes and I can prove to you that you're a bit, probably a bigger sinner than the other one is. You know? I can find some sins in your life. And if you tell me you haven't sinned, I know that's a lie. You know, so don't go come to somebody else and say, Oh, look at her or look at him. He's a big sinner. Hey, I ain't nobody knows my life better than me. I have tried everything in my power to walk a clean, holy life before God. But I can tell you, and I'm talking about in my entire life, I have tried that. I've went to church all of my life. But I can go back in God's standards and I can look at my life and I can see many places after I've become a Christian because of what I didn't know. God should have killed me. I've done some things that were awful. But He loved me and He was merciful to me and He allowed me to walk through those things. And then when I later realized how bad they were, I confessed those things as sin. I was heartbroken in some of the things I did. Now what did He do when I confessed them? What did He do for me? He forgave me, of course. He cleansed me up in as far as the east is and the west. And now then He says, Okay, son, from this day forth, we can walk and we can go on. Now don't sin no more. Walk holy in My presence. And He said, Then if you will do what I tell you, which we're going to get to this in a few minutes, He's going to show you what He will do for you if you'll walk in obedience to His Word. Then He says, And hereby we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments, if we keep His commandments. Well, what is His commandments? We read the Ten Commandments, but we're under a new covenant. So, turn back to the book of John. Instead of First John, let's go all the way back to the book of John, and let's go to John 13. John 13. I want to show you some of the things that's required. Go to John thirteen, and when we get over to John chapter thirteen, we'll see some of the requirements when the king himself was here on the earth, and he said these things personally. Of course, everything written in this book comes from the Lord. Everything in this book is from God. He wrote it, he means it, and he don't fear if he does care, but it doesn't make it different to him whether you believe it, whether you don't know it, or whatever. Just like I was sharing with a lady just recently that was having all kinds of problems and complications in her life, when I began to tell her about the things she had done wrong, she said, but I didn't know those things. Surely God wouldn't hold me accountable if I don't know. I said, well, he started in the beginning of the book all the way back, went over to the book of Genesis, but when he got to the book of Leviticus, which is not very far in, he said in Leviticus 5.17, I hold you accountable for every word written in this book, whether you know it or not. He said, I gave you the book. And I tell you to read it. If you don't read it, that's okay. I hold you accountable for what's here anyway. Now, this is scary, isn't it? But, you know, let's say you get out there on the highway. You go ripping down that highway. Say, let's say you get out on the highway and you don't see any speed limit signs anywhere on that road. Say, somebody knocked them all down last night. And that could happen. Somebody come along and stole all the speed limit signs all the way from right out there all the way to downtown Dallas. Speed limit 60 out there. But you don't know it. You look up and there's no signs. So you say, oh, they took the signs down. The laws changed. I can drive 90 from here to downtown. Well, if a police officer happens to see you out there somewhere and you're driving 90, he's going to stop you and you say, but there's no signs. He said, that doesn't make any difference. They have been there, and the speed limit on this road is 60 miles an hour, and you're accountable. Is that right? That's right. He holds you accountable. If you didn't see them signs, it makes no difference. The law has not changed, and the speed limit 60 out there on that road. If you don't know what the speed limit is, you better drive pretty slow till you find one. Because if you don't, you're going to be held accountable. They'll stop you. Now let's look at this in verse 34. Jesus said, "...a new commandment I give you." A new one. Now, this commandment right here, if your ability to walk in this, or your willingness to walk in obedience to this commandment, is the only thing that's going to separate you from the power of God in your life. Now, if you don't do what He says right here, the power of God is not going to flow in your life. But if you'll do what He says here, and you will keep these requirements... The power of God will flow in your life, and th- when I learned these secrets, the the ability that I have released to God to walk in this place and these commandments with Him has been directly proportional to the miracles I've seen Him do. Directly proportional. Now I remember when I when I, I mean you know when I was a what I consider a good guy when I loved my wife my children. You know, I didn't lie, steal, cheat. I was morally and ethically pure and clean. I mean, you know, I never ran around on my wife not one time in our entire life. And I won't ever do that. I knew those things were wrong. I didn't do those things. I never lied. I never stole. I remember one time as an engineer, I went up to Chicago. I was a regional engineer, and I, was, I had a suspect book and everything, and I took a set of bids on doing a new tile floor in one of our buildings up there. And I had a lot of bids on it. One of the bids came in extremely low. I know what it costs to do things. I've been in the business a long time. Well, I called that contractor in. I said, I checked your references and they're all good. But I said, are you sure you didn't make a mistake on your bid? He said, no. I can do the job for that money. I said, okay. And you've got to do it according to that spec book. He said, I know that. Okay. So I said, you got the job. Get started. Well, he got started. Worked on it about a week. And I went up there to see how he was doing. And when I walked in, one of my guys handed me a a paper uh, deal, all rolled up about that big around. And he said, oh, that contractor said this was for you. I said, what is it? He said, well, I don't know. It's got your name on it. And he told me to give it to you. I enrolled it. And it was a roll of $20 bills that big around. I called the contractor in. I said, what is this? He said, that's for you. I said, what do you mean this is for me? He said, well, you know, this is the way we do business in Chicago. I said, but I'm from Texas. I'm not from Chicago. And that's not the way we do business in Texas. I said, in Texas, we do things morally and ethically true. I said, now I know why you bid the job so cheap. You bid the job so cheap thinking you could buy me off, and then you could put extra money in, in different places, and you could make your money like that. I said, Buster, here's your money back. I said, you do me a great job on this floor for what you told me we were going to do. And there's not going to be any changes or anything anywhere. And if you don't do me a good job, I said, I'll put you in our database, and I'll make sure you never do another job for the Marriott Corporation nowhere in the world. He found a man that was morally and ethically pure. I did another job in Minneapolis on a roof. I had some contractors bidded according to specs. This one contractor gave me a job, a quote, extremely low. I called him and I said, Son, it's got to be done according to this spec book. He said, Yes, sir, I read the book. I said, Are you a Christian? He said, Yes, I am. I said, Now, The bid appears to be too low. I said, everybody else is way above you. You're not even close. I said, some of them are way out of limits, but I think you're out of limits too low. I said, I don't think you can do the job for what you quoted. He said, sir, I can do it. I know what I'm doing. I said, okay. You got the job. We started on it. He worked on it about two or three weeks. He came in one day and he said, sir... I normally do roofs on houses, and I don't do commercial buildings very much. But he said, you're right. The material you requested is much more expensive than I thought. And so he said, I'm not going to be able to do the job for this price. But he said, I told you I could. So he said, I'm going to do the job, but it's going to cost me $2,000 to do this job for you. It's going to cost me $2,000. I said, I knew that up front. I knew you couldn't do it, and I said, now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt you are an honest man. I said, so go ahead and do the job, do me a good job. And he said, I'm going to do it, because I told you I would. And so whenever the young man got through with the job, when he turned his invoice in, I put an additional $5,000 on the bottom. I told him, when I send this in, this will cover your 2000 give you $3,000 profit. I said, it's not as much as you should have made, but I said, it'll teach you a lesson. Next time, you need to make sure you do it right. And if there's a question about a building, you've not done it. But I said, because I'm a man of God, I'm not going to cause you to lose money. I'm going to pay what it's going to cost you, and I'm going to give you $3,000 profit. Because I, but I said, you should have made a $10,000 profit on a job this size, easy. But I said, so I still look good. My company looks good. And you know, I'm a Christian, I know you're a Christian, so I'm going to take care of you. So see, you have to be morally and ethically pure through life if you want God to do things for you. You see where I'm coming from? So you've got to be able to handle all these kind of situations when they come. But the Lord says, I give you a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another. Now, most of us don't know what love is. We don't know what love is. That you love one another as I have loved you. Now, if you stop and think about the mighty price that Jesus paid for you and His love for you, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? He commands you to love one another like He loves you, so that you also love one another. By this, by this love, shall all men know that you are my disciples. and have loved one for another the love that we walk in when we get to the point where we can walk in the God kind of love 24-7 and it's, a, it's an obtainable goal when you get there and you can walk in that love it'll change the way you do business every day with everybody you meet you'll love them it makes no difference if they're poor, rich, ugly, good looking it makes no difference you'll love them It makes no difference. You'll love people. Because God loves everybody. It says there, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, where do you go? And Jesus said, Well, I'm going someplace where you can't follow me, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Now see, he thought he would. And he says, Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, The cock shall not crow till you have denied me three times. See, we will tell God, God, I'll walk in love. I'll do what you say. But if we walk out this door and somebody says something to you or puts you to the test and you fall right there. I know none of y'all do that besides me. You know? You know? Some of us even does it with our own mate. Some of us have been married 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And we get into a disagreement with our mate. What a shame. But it happens. That's not love. That's not love. Your mate walks in and says something nasty to you. Had a bad day today. Really had a bad day. If you're really walking in a God kind of love, you'll walk over, put your arms around Him and say, Honey, I know you must have had a bad day today, but I want you to know I love you. Let me fix you a beautiful meal this afternoon. and Or whatever. Let's just sit down and talk. I don't feel like it. I've had a bad day. Hey, it really takes some love to overcome that. But see, if you're willing to walk in that kind of love, you can overcome that in a few minutes. Everything will be okay. Maybe you go storming off somewhere. So you just go in and pray for him. Do what Cheryl does to me. Take me to the throne of grace. Lord, soften his heart this afternoon. Work on him. And he does. And in a few minutes, everything's okay. Now, I know none of y'all ever have these kind of problems but me. So anyway, look what he says in John 14. Look at the beginning of these promises. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, have, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, 2,000 years ago, the king went and started preparing places for us. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now, when he gets your place prepared, think about this. When he gets your place prepared, one day the Father says, okay, you can go down and get the it now. He's going to come for you one day. Who knows when? But be ready. Because He's coming for you. One day He's coming for you. And for you. Every one of us have a number. You know, sometimes He gives us wake-up calls. Wake-up calls. Many people. Cheryl saw a wake-up call last night. She called me last night about what time? At 11 o'clock? 11.30? Whatever it was. She said, honey, there's a man just had a wreck on a motorcycle and said I'm right here right here beside him I think you were the first one there wasn't you yeah yeah and she called me and said you got to pray for him right now this guy had come around the corner missed it hit a motor hit something this thing turned up on its end stood the motorcycle straight up and threw him right out there in the front and hit right on his face just like that just tore his face all to pieces blood running everywhere and she called me, honey, you got to pray for this guy. Well I did. That's what God calls us to do. You know? A wake up call. I'm gonna tell you, I don't even know the man, but I'm gonna tell you for sure that was not an accident. That was a wake up call. God sent a wake up call to get that guy's attention. Do you know God could have killed him in a heartbeat just the same way? If he'd had all the wake up calls he's gonna that man could have been killed right there on that pavement, right there last night. But God give him another chance. He's trying to get his attention. Hey, son, you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. You're not obeying me. You need to be about my business. I'm giving you a wake-up call. See, God speaks to us. It says in His Word, as He speaks to us over and over and over again. And we don't listen. And then He says He sends dreams and visions. Even he says, I send you dreams in the middle of your night to torment you, to scare you, to get you through with your pride so you'll release that pride and you'll come to me so that you'll be saved from death and hell. Does he want anybody to go to hell? No, absolutely not. Then he says, If you don't listen, then I send sickness and disease into your body, into the pain. I send pain deeply into your bones. To get your attention. It's all written in this book. A lot of people never read it. They don't understand it. They don't believe it, but it's here. And so when, when you get to the point where sickness and disease starts coming upon you, you better really begin to listen. That's like one day a young man was here and, and after the church was over, he come up and he said, you know, you're the first preacher I ever heard preach like this. He said, what well, I'm going to tell you a few years ago, he said, I was somewhere, he told me where he was and said, I heard God's audible voice. God said, Son, I want you to be one of my preachers. He said, No, God, no. There ain't no way I can ever be a preacher. He said, The Lord didn't say another thing. Not another thing. I just refused Him. So He said, I thought I'm off the hook. So He said, A year later, I find myself in the hospital, critically ill, and the doctor comes to me and said, We're sorry. You have a very rapid growing disease in your body, and you will be dead in about three weeks. There's nothing we can do to you. He said, I began to cry out to the Lord! Lord! Lord, I mean, I gotta have some help. He said, God says, oh, now you need me. He said, Lord, I'm sick. I got this problem. He said, a year ago, I called you and told you I wanted you to be a preacher. And you refused. You said, no. Or he said, if you're not gonna be about my business, then I'm cutting your tree down. He tells us that in the Word, doesn't he? But it's like we don't believe him. He said, I called you to produce fruit for my kingdom. He said, if you're not going to produce fruit for my kingdom, I don't need you on the earth. So I'm taking you out. He said, Lord, I repent. Lord, I repent. Lord, I'll do anything. I'll preach the Word. I'll do anything you tell me to do. He said, Thurman, as God is my witness, after I repented and made God a promise, I'd preach His Word. He said, in less than one hour, I was out of the hospital totally healed. He said, I ain't never been sick again. Hey, can God get your attention? Absolutely he gets your attention now, some people, when He gets your attention, don't let it go to that kind of sickness and disease. If God speaks to you and tells you he wants you to do something, just jump up, and say, "Yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll go do it. Jump up, okay, how high, Lord, how high? I'll jump as high as you want. You know, don't say, what? Just do what He says. If you lay something on your heart, do what the king says. You're driving down the road, and the thought comes to your. Head And says, turn right and go see brother so-and-so. Don't even question that. Just turn right and go see him. And that second little voice comes in, but you're on the way to church. And if you turn over there to go there, you're going to be late for church. Just go do what God told you the first time. Because the second one was the devil. This is a command that He gave us to love us. And then He says that He's going to prepare a place for us. And when He prepares that place for us, He's going to come again to get you. Now every one of us have got our own personal rapture set aside. You know, many of us are sitting here waiting, waiting, hoping Jesus is going to come tomorrow with the rapture to take us all out, so we don't have to suffer the tribulation period. You know, everybody's saying, "Oh God, come take me out before the tribulation. I don't want to go through the tribulation." Well, I'm going to guarantee you, Paul thought he was coming in his lifetime, two thousand years ago, but he didn't come in that two thousand in that first in Paul's lifetime. And He hasn't come yet for the whole church yet, but He has come for every Christian that's lived since Paul lived. Each one of them had their own personal rapture. The King is coming for each one of us when He's through with us. So make sure that He comes for you at an old, healthy age. Don't let Him come for you and take you out at 30 or 40. You know, Because if you don't produce fruit for His kingdom, He will. Why do you think young people die? They refuse to be obedient to the Word of God. You say, I I don't believe that. Okay? I don't know anybody's heart. Only the King knows your heart. He knows exactly what your intent is. It's just like a young lady was telling me the other day, I want to hear God's voice. I said, young lady, if you keep serving the Lord and you do what He says and you're about His work, He promised to manifest Himself to you. And we're going to read it right here in this Scripture in a few minutes where He promises to manifest Himself to you. He will talk to you. But I said, if you'll be obedient, someday you will hear His voice. I've heard it well over 30 times in my life. In fact, I heard the Spirit speak to me the other morning. Ty the recipient of that. I had, he brought his airplane over Thursday afternoon for me to change the oil on. I had a, had a, he brought his son, his grandson. I was there. Ty, he was there. Dave, a lot of us were laughing, joking, talking. And that's not something you really need to be doing when you're working on an airplane. Well, we changed the oil and I screwed the filter on it and somebody said something to me and I went and done something else and I come back and forgot to tighten the filter. It was screwed down snug, your hand tight, but it wasn't tight by no means. I went ahead and safety wired it. went ahead and put the plug in, put the oil in it. We did everything. And they took off into the wild blue, him and his son and his grandson. The next morning, I woke up and the Spirit spoke to me and said, Son, you forgot to tighten the oil filter on Isaiah airplane." I called him. I said, Ty, your airplane, your filter's not tight. The Spirit spoke to me. He said, Man, I've been flying this morning. And I said, I don't care. It ain't tight. I said, have it checked. Okay. And he did. And guess what? It wasn't tight. See? He called me and said, you know, when he called me, he said, Herman, this is Ty. I'm passing through Jupiter on the way to heaven. I said, you're lying. You're talking to me over your cell phone. (laughs) But when he did come in, he said, it's great to be working with a man that's tuned in to the Spirit of the living God that hears His voice. See? Now, God will talk to you. Now, see, I didn't hear an audible voice this time. I just had a thought come to my mind. I knew that was from God. I knew that was God. Did God want Ty and his children to get hurt? No. And that's why he woke me up the next morning and spoke to me and said, Son, you forgot to tighten his oil filter. And then when he checked it, it was a confirmed fact that I was right. But God ain't never wrong. He tells you to do something, you do it. Now, Titus said, Oh, well, you know, I know he tightened that thing. He put it on the station wire and everything. I know it's going to be good. After he knows the truth. Now, he might have been flying after someone see a seal blow from under it. And now then, he's going to be in big trouble. Because an engine don't run but a few minutes without oil. Not very many at all. And then you're going to run it. But he listened and he had it checked. And sure enough, it was loose. Now it says here that he's going to come back for each one of us at a personal rapture. And then Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. and we, How can we know the way? Jesus in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. How many ways is there to heaven? One. One. If you don't make Jesus Lord of your life, you cannot go to heaven. Is there anybody in this house today that wants to die and go to hell? I hope not. If you do, you don't have a clue of what you're saying. I can't even fathom a place where the flames never stop and the worms crawl in and out and eat your flesh. In fact, Cheryl read a book to me here a while back about a woman that said she got to go to hell. The Lord took her to hell and showed her things. And she saw a woman. She saw lots of people. But she saw a beautiful woman who was screaming, God, forgive me. Jesus walked right by. He said, I gave you a chance on earth to listen to me and you wouldn't. I sent many people to try to tell you about me. And you refused. You wanted your life. She said, but I will serve you now. I'll do anything. As the worms were crawling in and out eating her flesh. And the flames were burning her flesh. And then the worms were regurgitating it up. And it was going back on and then they were eating her again. Doesn't that sound gross? That's what's happening to people in hell. It's awful. And then as Jesus, she said, I saw in his eyes compassion. He wanted to save her. And all of a sudden she said, I heard a voice from heaven said, no. Judgment has been set. She made her decisions. It's over. It's final. So Jesus walked off. And as he walked off, the woman started screaming at him, cursing him. She didn't mean what she said, did she? No. You don't make those decisions in hell. You make them here on the earth. If you don't make them here, it's over. He says, I am the truth. I am the life. And I am the way. And no man comes to the Father. You talk about love. That's love, isn't it? That's real love. He said, if you had known me, you would have known also my Father. From henceforth you know Him, you have seen Him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Then he goes on down here in verse 12. And here's some of the powerful statements the King says we can do if we walk in this God kind of love. Look at what he says. Now, this if we keep His commandments. What was His commandment? Love. Love who? The brothers. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Love them. Walk in obedience to His Word. Look at what he says in verse 12. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you... He that believes on me, now do you believe in Jesus? I do. I believe in Jesus. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than thee shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I have met very few men or people in my life that believe that statement. Most people do not believe they can, I mean, what did Jesus do? He came to the earth to preach the Word, to teach people about salvation, to tell them about hell. he came come to save the lost, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers and raise the dead, control the storms. All kinds of things He came to do. He said, if you believe me, you can do the same thing. Just like the day that the storm was out there on the Sea of Galilee. And they woke Him up and said, Master! Do you not care that we perish in this storm? He woke up and he says, I rebuke the wind. Peace be still. Immediately, the storm was gone and the sea was just smooth. He looked right in their eye and he says, Where is your faith? Awesome statement, isn't it, Tom? Where is your faith? In other words, Why didn't you speak to the storm, Deborah? April? We have problems believing we can do this, don't we, young lady? But you're getting there, though, aren't you? Deborah says, bring me on one. I'm ready for it. After you see these things happen, you think, wow, Jesus really meant what He said. But we've seen these kind of things. But think, the king made this statement. Now, why is it some people can't even begin to go there? You know why they can't even begin to go there? Because he's not revealed these things to you because you're not walking in this kind of love. If you're walking in this kind of love, he'll open your heart to these things. He'll allow you to do those things in his name, Deborah. Or because you're walking in the God kind of love. You're loving your brothers and your sisters with your heart like Christ loves them. He will share His power with you. But if you're not willing to walk in His love, He will share that power with you. No, not at all. Then look at the next two verses. And He says, And whatsoever you shall ask in My name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in My name, I will do it for you. Is that awesome? That's like the day you prayed for the Spanish woman, Pat, walking down the stairs. I'll never that testimony that day. This little woman was sick, a little Spanish woman, Pat, sitting up here. She told the ladies when she was talking about how sick she was and all the problems she had and the pain she had in her back and everything. She said, well, you know, Jesus is the healer. He'd love to heal you. And so Pat's walking into God kind of love. She prayed for that lady that day and got healed, that little Spanish woman right at the bottom of the stairs. I mean, but Pat's seen lots of things like that now. You know, when you walk in the God kind of love, He'll share His power. What did He say you could ask Him for? And he'd do it for you. That covers a lot of ground, doesn't it, Tom? Don't we love that? So, what do we got to do? We got to learn how to walk in His God kind of love, right? We keep this commandment to love one another, and look at the promises He's going to prepare a place for us in eternity. Now then, do you know the home you're going to live in is going to be determined by your works on this earth? You know? How would you like to go up there and have... I mean, of course, just to get to go to heaven would be wonderful. But how would you like to go to heaven and live in a little bitty, tiny one-room shack for eternity? Or how would you like to go to heaven and live in one of these big, giant mansions? Hey, I know all you ladies. I mean, you know, I mean... I can think about diamond walls and foundations and pearls. I just, this lady over here she just passed it out thinking about that. <laughs> I can see her eyes, oh, glory to God. You know? I mean, that's what we should be, thinking about our mansion. He's preparing for us. So, the more we're at work at doing His business on earth, and more souls we win, the more diamonds He's putting in ours. In fact, I heard a lady... Talked, told me one time, she said, I had a dream. And she said, there was angels up there in a quarry and big, beautiful diamonds. And they were going out there and getting these diamonds and taking them. I said, Lord, what are these angels doing? with huge diamonds. Oh, he said, every time one of my children on earth wins a soul, I put that in their possession, in their storehouse. I'm storing those. I said, He that wins souls is wise, and they shall shine in the firmament as the stars forever. He said, Those are the diamonds that's going to reflect my light. And every time they win somebody into the kingdom, I put one of these big, giant diamonds into their storehouse. How would you like to have a bright light shining in heaven one day, and they say, Wow, wow, who's of those over there? Oh, he said, That's Keith. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? And then just like we sing in that song, one day when we get home, He's going to put His arm around you and say, well done, faithful servant. You hope. You hope, right? You don't want Him to say anything else, do you? But a lot of people think He's going to say that just because you accept Him as Lord and Savior. But it's not going to be the case. We heard when we talked to Howard Pittman the other day, when Howard Pittman, a Southern Baptist preacher, in 1979, this guy died, but yet a few weeks ago, we had the privilege to sit and talk with him all day long. Somebody said, well, if he died in seventy nine, how's that happen? Because God, when He showed up at the gates of heaven, the Lord said, Howard, you can come in, but you will get no rewards. Lord, I've been a Southern Baptist preacher. I've preached on the streets. I've done everything for you. He said, no, what you did, you did for yourself. You didn't believe my word. You didn't do what I told you in my word. He said, so yes, because of the blood of my son, you're going to get to come in. But you will receive no rewards. How would you like for the king to say that to you when you get home? No, sir. He said, Lord, please, I don't want to come in like this. I don't want to come to heaven like this. I don't want to come in thinking I've been a preacher all these years and I have no reward. Please, Lord, let me go back to earth and work for you some more so I can produce some fruit for the kingdom. The Lord says, okay, I'm going to do that for you at your request. He said, but before I send you back, I'm going to send you a trip of the spirit world so you'll understand more about demons so you'll understand how they work. And we had the privilege to sit as our entire team sat with Howard Pittman a few Fridays ago and we sat for like six hours and we talked to this man that died in 1979. He's about, what, 75, 77 years old today, still in perfect health. But let me tell you, the one thing that stuck in my mind, he said, when Lord, Lord let me come back, he said, I believe now that he's the miracle worker. When he said he'll do these things, I believe, I've changed my mind. He says, I don't believe what they taught me in the seminary. I believe God. So he's out there working for the king. And that was in 1979. He died confirmation in mississippi at the hospital he was dead and today the man is still alive and well preaching the word of god he had a trip of the spirit world and we all and our six or seven of us had the privilege to go down there and sit all day long and talk to him about these things what a privilege and we got a cd back there of the complete interview you know if you hadn't heard it it's what three or four cds is that what it is? Yeah. I don't even know, but they've made it. But we talked to him and recorded. They've recorded on his computer. We all went down there and talked to him all these hours about what he saw. And he told us what he saw and the things he saw. Let me tell you. Heaven, you say, well, heaven's not real. He says, let me tell you that heaven is very real. I've been there and seen it. But he said, it ain't too good to get there when the king ain't happy with you. So he won't. With what? Howard Pittman. Howard Pittman. Yeah, Howard Pittman interview. It's right back there. Rosemary is holding it up right there. She knows exactly where it is. Now then, just just think. You know, it's, it's about five or six hours long, but we sit and talk with him. But just now, now look what the Lord look what he says in verse fifteen. Now we're going to quit here in just a minute. But we not if you get if you get ready to quit before I do, you can just go home. That's okay. <laughs> But if you want to hear what God's got to say, you can stay. I don't have, I don't put a lock on the door. You know, I realize it's 420. You know, I don't have a problem. It says, but I'm not through yet. So it says, or God's not through yet. If you love me, verse 15, look what he says. If you love me. Do you love Jesus? I want you to tell me. Do you love Jesus? I hold up your hand. If you're ashamed to hold your hand up, you don't love Jesus. If you love Jesus, hold up your hand. If you don't love Him, then keep it down. Praise the King. Look what the King says. If you love Me, what He say do? Keep, keep My commandments. What was His commandment? Love. love. Does that, that's not so hard, is it, April? <laughs> now, the devil will make it difficult as you go through this week. He'll make it very difficult for you to walk in this God kind of love. Guarantee He will. But we can if you love me, even when the devil's throwing everything at you, he still tells you, keep my commandments and walk in love. Somebody walks right up to you and says something wrong? De wit, I hate your guts. Oh, you said, Well, Thurman, I love you anyway, brother. Now see that's a God kind of love. That's a God kind of love. See, now that's what God... see, you see know, most people say somebody walk up and grab you by the neck of the neck and say, I hate you, brother. You know what most people want to do? Retaliate. You know? That's the world's way, right? That's the world's way. We get fighting that. You know, that's not God. If you love me, keep my commandments. And look what he says, if you will love me, keep my commandments. And I, Jesus, will praise the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall also live. And then he says in in verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Jesus, is. what do you got to do to get Him to manifest Himself to you? Love. Wow. I think of the times God has manifested Himself to me. And you stop and think of the times that He's manifested Himself to you. If you walk in a God kind of love, He will talk to you. He will communicate to you. He'll send this mighty, wonderful, Holy Spirit. And then when I do something like I did to tie his airplane, which could have cost him his life, the Spirit will speak to me and tell me, you left that all filter loose. Wouldn't you love to have a being attached to you, in you, that can tell you anytime you make a mistake? If you love Jesus and keep His commandments, the Holy Spirit, He's in Him. He's in you. And if you'll listen to Him and you'll walk into God kind of love, He won't never let you do anything and hurt anybody. You know that? He won't never let you hurt yourself or anybody. He'll tell you. I mean, if you're going somewhere, you may be driving down the road, and all of a sudden the Spirit says, Pull off the side of the road. He said, Lord, I'm in a hurry. But if He calls you to pull off the side of the road, you don't ask no questions. You pull off the side of the road and you stop. And you're sitting there and you say, Lord, I I obeyed You. What can I do now? He said, Okay, now it's okay. You can go ahead now. And you pull out and you go right down the road and right there where you would have been if you'd have been a few seconds ahead there was a trucker in a red light and hit another car instead of you. And the man's laying dead on the street. And you think, that could have been me. You see, when God, when you're led by the Spirit, when you're walking in a God kind of love, He promises in this Word to manifest Himself to you and to speak to you. And who is it that sends the Spirit? It's Jesus. And what do you say you had to do to get that spirit? Love. You walk in my love. Is love very important? Okay. Just a minute. Just a minute. Just a minute. We're going to. Dewey has got something that the Lord triggered him, and uh,
1: let's see what he's got to say. Yes. When you were talking about the Holy Spirit and how He helps you, and uh, He can also use your wife. Okay, my wife one day said, DeWitt, I've been watching you. You look at that light. When that light turns green, you take off. You don't even look. What if somebody's running the light? Well, I actually got mad at her. I said, you're always gripping about my driving. I said, of course, I shouldn't have done that. Amen. That wife, wasn't life. <laughs> like two days later, she wasn't with me. I made a red light that turns green. I started to do what I'd been doing. The Holy Spirit reminded me. And I, see, I didn't realize the Holy Spirit was talking to her. Yeah in telling me this. Well, anyway, He brought it to my mind, so I looked, and sure enough, somebody was coming, they would have hit me right in my door, and they were doing at least 50 in a great big old van. would have killed me. In that now, does
0: it pay good dividends to walk in love? <laughs> Amen. See, now there there is the thing that we've got to all learn when God says walk in love. What does He mean? Now, do you have to walk in love? Oh, you don't have to. You you yeah you can wind up being dead. You don't have to walk in. Love. God doesn't force you, does he, Jesse? God doesn't force you to walk in His kind of love. He tells you what to do, and then it leaves the final decision up to you. Yeah, you can walk in love. You can love your wife. You can you can be upset with your wife. You can do what she says or what. But now, if we do it God's way, is that the best way? Oh man, when we do it His way, and the Holy Spirit's in there. You know, when you think about these promises, John 13:14, 14, the, the promises what God will do when you walk in His love and keep His commandments. I could not take back this little lady right here in the little kind of the pinkish uh, uh, deal from Minnesota. Yeah, uh, last night she was sitting here and we were talking some of the stories about what God had done. And she just kind of, she said, I just, my skin just quivered or something like that, she said. And she said, I could sit here all night and listen to you tell these stories about what Jesus has done. Now, do we like to hear the stories that Jesus has done? Well, she does. I think everybody does. Why don't we have our own stories? See, that's the secret. Because we're not doing what He said right here. If we do what He said in these chapters we've read today, and you believe that in John fourteen thirteen and 14, since God is no respecter of persons with His people, with His children, what will He do in your life that He's done different in mine? None. He'll do exactly the same thing for you He's done for me. All you've got to do is read His Word, spend time with Him, and I'm telling you, I think about right now the Lord just quickened my heart with a with a, a miracle He'd done. And many of you have heard it, but some of you haven't. But I think that verse right there, Cheryl's met these people since then, but she wasn't with me when this happened. It happened four or five years ago. But I was down in a church in Louisiana and I spoke about two hours that night, and then I took that verse, and there was a man sitting right on the front, right where Ty is sitting right now, and he was sitting there with both legs sticking straight out with steel braces from the waist down, and I went over and asked him what happened. And he said, Sir, 21 months ago a big tree fell across the tractor. I was driving and crushed both of my legs. He said, The doctor said, they done surgery on me. He said, I'll never walk again. I said, But Jesus said in John 14:13 and 14, Anything I ask him in the name of Jesus, he'll do. I said, do you believe that? He said, sir, I'm a Baptist. Said, if Jesus said it, I believe it. I said, okay. That's a good place to start. Baptists do believe the Word. At least a lot of them. I reached up and laid my hands on them knees with them steel braces. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to give him two new knees. So you've got to think like God to even go there. I said, now, do you believe that? He said, yes. I said, take your seal off and stand up and walk. The man took the seal off stra- and throw it in the floor, bent his legs first time. I reached out and grabbed him by the hand. I said, get up. And when I reached up and grabbed him jerked him up, as soon as he stood up, he said, oh, Mr. Shriver, it hurts. I said, I know it's going to hurt. The devil's going to make it hurt. But I said, don't you believe him? I give him a jerk. I said, come on, take a step. And he took a step. I said, come on. And after I jerked him three times, he took three steps. He, I said, you're on your own. And he walked around the podium three times and broke down that center aisle running with both hands up screaming, God is awesome. Now, God will do the same thing for you He did for me if you do what He says in that Word. I guess somebody said, well, you healed him. (laughs) Give me a break. If there was anybody that might be able to do anything to his knees, it might be the doctor over here, but not me. I'm a mechanic. You wouldn't want me working on your body. You might not mind me to work on your car or your airplane, but you don't want me working on your physical body because there ain't nobody but God could put it back together when I got through with it. (laughs) Guaranteed. <laughs> but but what? Oh, okay. And Cheryl wants me to tell about the liver failure. This just happened. A young man called me just this last week, and he was having liver failure. They handed him off to me. I got a hold of him, went through and got him to confess his sins and everything, and then we prayed the prayer of faith for him, and God instantly took away his pain, and he was completely healed of a liver failure. Now, that just happened this last week. But, I mean, we see these kind of things every day. Every day. These are not just coincidences. I mean, like Johnny Brumfield. You know, I guess it was two years later. I went back down there, and by this time I'm married to Cheryl. She goes with me, and I tell her, I said, you know, I saw one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen down here in Manny, Louisiana. And I said, Johnny Brumfield. They may come to the meeting. I don't know. When he started walking down the sidewalk at the time, it happened. I didn't know his name or nothing. But after, of course, I met him, and and I said, "There, there he comes right there. He was walking in, and she went up to him, met him, his wife, his son, and everything. and said, you know, your legs, how are they doing? He said, great, great. Right? He said, I'm just walking normal. Isn't it wonderful to see Jesus do those kind of things? The God that so many people says, He don't do miracles no more. We can't get answers to prayer. What is the problem with the church if we can't get answers to prayer? Seems like there's something in His love walk we've missed. Maybe since God knows our heart, He said, oh yeah, I'm walking in love. Yeah, sure you are. Who knows your heart, Keith? God. Who knows your heart do it? God. And he knows what he knows just like when you got upset with your wife that day. He wasn't too happy with you that day. But he still loves you, didn't he? Aren't we glad? When we make when we miss it with God and we get out of the love walk. But you know, you got to stay in that love walk twenty four seven. You know how hard that is? Very hard. You know that, don't you, April? Yes, you do. You're just like me. You know how hard it is to stay there 24-7. But well, we're going to get there, aren't we, girl? We're going to get there because we want to see God answer our prayer, don't we? Yes, we do. We're going to walk there. I just like the other day when Cheryl came to me, and she said, Honey, I'd like to go get my hair done a different way. Would you let me change my hair? I said, No problem, honey. Do whatever you want to do. She said, Really? Anything I want to do? I said, "Anything you want to do." Wow! Did I know what I was going to get when I got it? wow? <laughs> <laughs> when she walked in, I was stunned. <laughs> I said, "Oh, your hair is beautiful." <laughs> oh, goodness gracious! But you got to learn to walk in love. You have got to give people freedom. Christ gives us freedom. He gives us freedom, and you can't live in bondage. I did love for hair to be long and. When we got married, she said, "How would you like my hair?" I said, "Long." so she let it grow for nearly three years. you know, and so the other day she said, "I'd like to make a change. Can I do that I said, "Sure, no problem. Anything you want to do now well, shouldn't have said that <laughs> But the king said that didn't he? Anything you want, He puts no limitations. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you for this beautiful day you've made. We thank you, Lord, that you they say the weathermen says it's going to be rain come tonight." And Lord, we praise You and thank You that you're going to be beautiful rain. Come to this earth, in this area, tonight, tomorrow, and Tuesday, and Wednesday. We're going to have beautiful rain. Lord, we thank You and praise You for bringing the rain. Because, boy, do we need it, Lord. The earth is dry. So, Lord, we want to praise You and thank You in advance for all the beautiful rain You're going to bring to fill up these lakes and everything. Lord, we realize that we, Your people, is the one You said, if we will repent of our sins. You didn't say the world. You said if us, if we will repent and turn from our wicked ways, you say, then you will hear from heaven, and then you will heal our land. You're talking to us, the Christians, Lord. So Lord, help us to realize that, that we walk in Your love, and we love our brothers and sisters, and we walk in the God kind of love. And Lord, when we do that, then You hear our prayer, and You tell us we can ask You for anything, and You will do it. And Lord, I want to thank You and praise You for teaching us and showing us how to walk in a God kind of love. And as we go out this week, make us better men. Lord, I'm speaking to the men. We need to learn how to have soft hearts and walk holy in your presence. The ladies don't seem to have quite so much problem here. They're not so hard hearted as us old guys. But Lord, work on our hearts, soften our hearts, and make us better lovers of God to do things according to your word. Help us understand what love is, Lord. It's your kind of love that we're trying to get to, not the world's kind of love. The world says they love cars, they love food, they love this. That's not love. Lord, your love is when you... The agape love is when you, we have love and compassion one for another. And we're there to help and to meet each other's needs. And Lord, that's the God kind of love. Help us to walk there this week. And Father, we give you all the praise and glory and honor. Now, Lord, as the people come forth for prayer, we ask you to meet every need that they have. Every need. And may you bless every one of them as they go wherever they've got to go this week. And Lord, thank you for bringing everyone here today. And Lord, may You bless them as they go forth. And may You use all of them mightily for Your kingdom. And we give You all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, if you're here for the first time, all the media back there is free. We don't charge for anything. You can take anything you want. And if you want to give a donation to our ministry, the box is over here as you leave. It's over there, and it's totally up to you. If you need to be prayed for, come forth. If you don't, you're free to stand around and talk to people. Or to go home or whatever, but you are dismissed. Praise the Lord and have a blessed week.